0: like many of these conversations, it it highlights the complexity, you know, and it's so interesting to talk to people that are in and around the space, because, you know, back to what you said, Sam, and I think that really anything that we talk about in and around this space, you need to define what a particular word means to somebody that you're talking about.
1: Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Where do you draw the line with supply chain software? There are various flavors. Some are more transactional processing systems, while others excel at planning. Some integrate several layers including TMS, WMS. OMS, and planning. While planning is super critical, integrating transactional systems is always harder than most people would think. One of the most critical components of the supply chain software would always be the POS layer, especially for retail organizations, which need to process millions of transactions. So where does Manhattan Associates stand in its capabilities and how does it compare With the other supply chain software. In today's episode we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to conduct an independent review of Manhattan Associates capabilities. We covered many grounds including their strengths with enterprise WMS, TMS, and OMS capabilities as well as their unique positioning of an integrated POS We have also covered the architectural issues in industries outside of retail where companies need to be careful in overusing Manhattan. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello everyone, welcome to today's show and if you are joining for the first time, this is part of our industry series for which uh, we meet every Tuesday at 5.30pm Eastern and we pick one uh, vendor or the solution that we review independently. So for today, we have a very interesting vendor last week. Reviewed not last week. I guess we are not here for um, I guess one or two weeks. Last time when we reviewed, we reviewed um, Blue Yonder. For today, we are playing Manhattan, uh, and they are slightly more into supply chain software as well as WMS uh, category. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intros. I am going to start with my quick intro. If you don't know me, Sam Gupta, principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital
0: transformation consulting firm. On that note, I'm going to move to Dave for his intro. Thanks, Sam. Hey everybody, my name is Dave Chrysler and I own an operations consulting business working with manufacturers and distribution businesses helping them to operate with excellence. And uh, excited to be here and uh, be back here with you, uh Sam for this conversation. So, thanks for inviting me. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for
2: being here, Dave. And Dave, I'm actually going to provide quick uh, overview. But before we do that, you know, if you're in the audience and joining for the first time, make sure you guys post your questions and comments. We typically try to cover them during the show. If you run out of time, we'll make sure that you guys receive your answers. Um, so Dave, uh, since you were last time here, I guess uh, you missed a couple of uh, the shows. And uh, I don't know if you have reviewed any sort of supply chain and the WMS uh, category. They are slightly different uh, from the ERP category. They have very different feature set, different role, the way the architecture is going to be designed. Uh, So this is probably going to be interesting for you. I don't know if you have any comment uh, before I start my briefing.
0: No, just uh, excited to uh, to work through this so i think it's good uh a good to good to spotlight to uh tackle the uh kind of different uh, different mm-hmm. infrastructures that are out there so looking forward to going through this one with you.
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, in the supply chain software category, if you look at the overarching category, how they sort of evolved and where they are at this point of time. So there are two or three different layers uh, that are typically going to be with any supply chain software. And that we discussed during the uh, Blueyonder discussion as well. Um, so typically, one layer is going to be internal supply chain versus external supply chain. OK, that's always the most important one. So internal supply chain, meaning four walls of your facility, uh, that's what we are talking about. That's where your ERP systems are probably going to be slightly more meaningful. Uh, When you get into the external supply chain, meaning when your shipment is going to leave your dock, you still need to track. That's a very different supply chain than what you track here. So for supply chain, when you look at the supply chain, supply chain software, uh, you are probably looking at a lot more functionality that is going to be dealing with your external supply chain than your internal supply okay that's one differentiator the other differentiator in my mind is going to be the supply chain planning and planning is a very 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 different beast in general the way the transactions are set up the way the databases are set up okay so planning is a different software okay (laughs) Note that (laughs) it's not supposed to be ERP. (laughs) Don't mix it. (laughs) Okay. It's both software have their own role in terms of what they are supposed to do in the enterprise architecture. Please, 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 please do not use ERP as the planning software and vice versa. They will not make sense. If you try to do that, you are going to overkill these. Okay. So supply chain in general is very deep in planning. There are some ERP systems that Try to pretend that they are really good at planning. It's very hard for ERP systems to do that. Some ERP companies have bought the FPNA SNOP software and they integrated with the ERP. That could be a possibility. But these two are very different categories of software. Now, the third layer that I like to mention overall from the supply chain perspective is going to be CPL versus your manufacturing, distribution, retail. Okay. So when you are part of the same value chain, You have different transactions, okay? CPL, in general, is a very different business model. Uh, The whole supply chain, uh, you know, the, the players that you have in the supply chain, they are very different. The way their orders are going to be, it's very different whether you talk about the trucking companies, ocean companies, uh, you know, freight forwarder, whatever you are going to talk about in the supply chain community. That's a very, very, very different business model. Transactions, their needs are going to be very different. And in most cases, they might use the supply chain software a lot. Now, among supply chain software, okay, (laughs) also there are layers. So some software categories are going to be really good at processing transactions. And when i say processing transactions you guys are going to say now you're confusing the hell out of me because (laughs) typically (laughs) processing the transaction would mean erp right but here when i say processing the transaction i am talking about different supply chain software okay so this is going to be your wms tms oms they are responsible for processing your transaction but at a different level okay so Typically, in retail distribution business, the kind of transactions you are going to have, especially for retail, and that's where your sort of POS comes in, right? These transactions may not go through ERP. ERP does not need to know them. Typically, ERP, the only thing ERP needs to know is going to be totals. uh, You know, rest of the operational capabilities are probably hosted in these four layers. Okay. So among supply chain software as well, there are two kind of software. One really, one are really deep in planning. The other ones are slightly stronger in transactions. Now, where is Manhattan? Okay. Manhattan is really, really, really good at transactions. So call this as the erp of the supply
0: chain software category
2: i don't know if i'm making sense
0: <laughs> i think you could be confusing people even more with that <laughs> comment yeah
2: <laughs> but here what manhattan is trying to do i mean obviously manhattan has to be used with an erp but the role of erp when you are using manhattan again the industry also matters so here we are talking about brick and mortar retailer We are talking about e-commerce companies, the kind of transactions they have. It's very different from everybody else. And that's why this industry is especially different. Uh, 3PL is also different. And that's why the uh, Manhattan will do really well in the retail CPG, grocery, uh, you know, food and beverage, uh, pharmacy retailers. uh, And uh, what else? Uh, 3PL. Right. CPL is a very different category because you require a lot more TMS, a lot more WMS than your ERP. ERP does not really have much of a role in those industries. So that's where the real disconnect is. I guess, you know, it depends upon which industry you are looking at. You are going to have completely different architecture depending upon the industry. Uh, Dave, I don't know
0: if I confuse you. Please, please fire <laughs> take, any questions. Take a breath. Take a breath. Come on. Time. <laughs> trying, trying, trying. Try. <laughs> No, I mean, I think it is a great breakdown. I think, you know, like many of these conversations, it, it highlights the complexity, you know, and it's so interesting to talk to people that are in and around the space because, you know, back to what you said, Sam, and I think that. Really, anything that we talk about in and around this space, you need to define what a particular word means to somebody that you're talking because, you know, take supply chain, internal versus external, you know, where where some of these solutions fit into the complexity of that. You know, whether we're talking about planning and at what level or we're talking about, you know, doing the doing the actual transaction volume and and how well can, you know, a particular solution handle that. So I think is, you know, beyond a, a great education for people and beyond a, a great breakdown, I think it's a good reminder that. You know, a lot of terminology is used interchangeably and there are distinct meanings for things. So it's important to make sure that when you're in a conversation uh, that you get down to what what you know that other person means. Uh, So that you're speaking the same language because you can very quickly be talking about two completely different things and thinking that you're on the same page. And, you know, that's how you go through a demo and and get wowed sometimes by some of the functionality. And then, you know, when when it finally comes time to, you know, do a project or an implementation or or you're already in one, uh, you discover that maybe it isn't quite what you anticipated. So uh, great. Great breakdown there. Yeah, could not agree more. I think great comments there.
2: So let's dive in. Uh please lights unless you have, you have yeah. any other comments. Um so here obviously they have been in the market for a long time. So it's saying since nineteen ninety, I believe, and that is probably a very similar date as um Salesforce, I believe NetSuite as well. I get you know, closer to that probably. Yeah. Salesforce was roughly, what, 1999, right? So they have been in the market for some time. Um, And obviously, these companies are really big. For the most part, they are targeting very enterprise-centric, okay? Uh, Manhattan, if you are uh, looking at the Walmarts of the world, uh, you know, big, large, Fortune 500 in the grocery space, retail, uh, apparel, shoes, uh, that's where you are going to see a lot more Manhattan. Uh, Just because, I mean, so far, my complaint, uh, Dave, okay? So when I look at any of the um the whole oms category uh software okay so my problem was always that they none of them have sort of the pos integrate and the more moving parts you are going to have in the architecture the more difficult it becomes to execute the architecture us. okay so my preference always is, even if I'm going to have multiple systems in my architecture, can I get some integrated? If I can get some integrated, then my life is going to be much easier. So yeah. if you look at uh, you know, some of the other supply chain software that we have, using, okay, they don't necessarily have a POS integrated, and that's a big deal. If you are going to be integrating, because it's a very heavy transaction, the way it works, right? It's very transactional. So even among different type of integration, I guess, the POS, e-commerce, okay, these are some of the most complicated integration okay so in this particular case the reason why manhattan I guess works is because you are getting three things okay and that is going to be your pos so even if your erp is probably not going to be integrated and that's completely okay because in this particular case when you are dealing in the retail space your erp to your this inventory layer that you have at the oms level right that exchange is not going to be as busy as your pos to your inventory layer. I, yeah. I don't know if I'm making sense there.
0: No, make, makes total sense. I mean, it's it's interesting. I didn't think about it from from that standpoint because, you know, outside looking in, you'd think that that would be a key integration. I mean, for for the point that you're pointing out in terms of, you know, traffic load, the other the other thing I would add to that is, you know, when you think about where your data lives, right? Where where that source of truth remains when you have uh, siloed systems, you now have you know a potential of uh, having too many too many sources of truth and no way to reconcile those things to each other. And that's where where you know from a, a process load standpoint, when it comes to business intelligence and understanding understanding data that's going to influence your business, um, it gets really scrambled really quickly. It gets just very challenging to make. Any sense out of the information because you're comparing two siloed systems in a lot of cases or more, right? I mean, I'm just using your example uh, to highlight that as an additional issue.
2: Yeah, and that is such a great point, to be honest. And I always like to think more from the reconciliation perspective, okay? Uh, And if and I like to think of reconciliation as reconciling two different buckets. If you have to reconcile just two buckets, um, you know, they might have apples in both of them and you are simply telling, um, you know, how many apples each bucket have, right? Uh, And if you are sort of trying trying the transaction between those two, then you can sort of reconcile. Now, if you are going to add third bucket, it becomes terribly difficult. The complexity increases by 10x, even if you are simply adding one more bucket. I don't know uh, if the analogy makes sense. And here, to be honest, okay, when these things are not going to be pre-integrated, meaning You have ERP that is probably hosting your inventory. Now, in retail space, it might be slightly different because they might not be keeping inventory inside ERP because ERP does not need to know that. But if you are slightly more manufacturing plus retail, good luck with that. Okay. (laughs) Business model. Unless you are using the, you have completely segmented the processes, uh, your manufacturing distribution inside ERP and retail inside your POS, WMS, CMS. If you are structuring it that way, that might be okay, but if you have to keep your inventory inside ERP, inventory inside OMS for the omni-channel experience, and now you have the third place, which is going to be your, uh, you know, POS, and if it is going to be complete spaghetti architecture, which means, you know, you have WMS, CMS, and every one of them have some sort of knowledge of inventory, good luck reconciling that,
0: okay? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, Uh, You are going to have real fun times there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's not the kind of fun I want to (laughs) have.
2: I know, I know, I know. But I mean, that's where I guess uh, the newer software companies, when they say that, I mean, I like the headless architecture from the capacity planning perspective, but... Building the reconciliation model is extremely hard when you are going to have so many data stores that is keeping your inventory information. And that's when my challenge typically is when I look at the siloed systems. One system is doing WMS, one system is doing OMS, one system is doing POS you are never going to get your inventory. Uh, it's very, very, very hard. So that's where I guess, you know, why Manhattan is really successful uh, as well as I personally like it because I get my POS, okay? If I'm a brick and mortar shop, my ERP is my POS, okay? Because that's where you have the inventory. That's where you have the omni-channel experience. The ERP, ERP is not as, as relevant, to be honest. The POS, OMS, WMS, CMS, that acts as sort of the, the ERP layer because, That's doing your workflow, that's doing your, uh, you know, commitment, the allocation, uh, the inventory control. So I don't know where you draw the line, but, you know, obviously this is going to be far more meaningful, uh, you know, across all of your channels. Yeah. Any more comments, Uh, Dave?
0: Who who knew complexity would be so much fun, right? Yeah, right, right, right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly, exactly. Simplicity is so boring, Dave. (laughs) Uh, we need to make it complex um okay so we have put nearly 765 million dollars into research and development since 2009 98 million dollar in 2021 alone which is great obviously a lot of money there technology connects 2 billion people to 20 billion consumer and they are in that real b2c that's a lot of volume okay (laughs) yeah um yeah. Uh it moves one fifty thousand pairs
0: of shoes every hour. Can I believe it? That crazy. is, I mean that's a crazy stat right there.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh and just uh US population, I guess what, three hundred thousand people, right? Or no three hundred million people, sorry not yeah. off just by like three zeros, com- right? Com- <laughs> just just a <laughs> couple of zeros, you know, couple no of zeros, no big deal.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my goodness um okay so obviously they are going to be doing a lot in that consumer as well as uh, b2c now uh, i think one of the differences between this versus blue yonder software and if you ask anybody in supply chain they are probably going to compare them evenly most people don't understand where the real difference is to be honest so these guys are not necessarily strong at planning they might do the 3d warehouse planning and the warehouse planning is going to be very different Then your store planning, when you get into the real merchandising scenario, when you get into, you know, which categories do you want to put in, which shop, which aisle. And that's sort of the, the retail centric planning versus the distribution centric planning. So Manhattan sort of has been in the distribution space, uh, but again
0: they are in the
2: retail space, so it could be very confusing as well.
0: <laughs> Do you know, Sam? Does this get down to the does the um, does this get down to the the granularity of the the merchandising, like in an environment like grocery or something like that? I'm just I'm curious at the level of detail from a, a planning perspective that this would kind of offer a lens to
2: so my understanding especially if you look at the fortune 100 500 what they are going to do is they are probably going to use the wms from manhattan because it's really best of breed it's one of the best no questions okay they might use tms i don't know if they use tms from manhattan they might use that best of breed as well uh pos is very tricky typically pure there are categories of pos that are uh, you know, it might be unique to different spaces depending upon the industry. Uh, each industry requires very different POS experience. Sometimes they might use that. But here, I would say if you look at the pure play retailers, they are probably not going to use the real planning module from from Manhattan. They might use Blue Yonder for that. Um, right. So that's where they sort of draw the line. So they are going to pick and choose, especially when you are dealing at that level. Um, you know, but smaller companies, they might use a lot just because they want to save uh, on yeah. innovation.
0: yeah. Interesting.
2: Yeah, but I mean, these guys are definitely very strong at CPL workload. So if you look at the very, very, very busy warehouses, very complicated warehouse processes. Uh, when you look at those, whatever you saw at Automate conference, uh, Dave, all of those robots actually integrate with Manhattan. You know, so you need Incredible. to plan for that. You need to, yeah, you need to send the instructions. Um, so that's where this is sort of going to be command and control for that. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's look at it. And by the way, I mean, this is a public company, so we have a lot more information available. So yeah. it will be fun to discuss, you know. <laughs> this is the reality. This is not just uh, marketing fluff. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so here they are saying... Uh, You know, their software is designed to manage supply chain, inventory and omnichannel operations for retailers, wholesalers, manufacturers, logistics providers and other organizations. So they are very clear in terms of the kind of industries that they are targeting. So obviously they are at retailers, wholesalers, Uh, manufacturers, depending upon uh, the manufacturing type, Manhattan may not be relevant. Uh, depending upon how busy their warehouse is. Uh, for the most part, Manhattan is really known for the warehouse TMS combination. Uh, manufacturers are probably not going to have uh, you know, POS uh, unless they are selling direct. There are some scenarios in which they might sell direct, uh, but for the most part, they might be using Manhattan only for the WMS and TMS. And if they do that, the, the source of truth for uh, inventory is probably not going to be WMS, TMS. Uh, you know, it's just a side, uh, uh, you know, it's not as important for manufacturers. But if you look at the distributors, retailers, uh, Manhattan is going to play a far bigger role because that's probably going to be a much bigger source of truth uh, for inventory than your ERP. Sometimes ERP might not even carry the, the inventory. So again, depending upon the industry, the role may change. Now, they are also talking about microservices-based architecture, which is always fascinating. Everybody can talk about that, uh, you know, and again, when you are dealing at that level, you definitely need the scalability because some of the, you need to decouple your transactions, you need to scale them independently and that's why you have the microservices so microservices are going to do one thing at a time uh, so that you can independently scale so you are not sort of clogging your cloud infrastructure number one it becomes very slow number two it becomes expensive and i don't know how much planning they do typically the planning workloads require far more computing capacity as well as infrastructure so again if you are going to be mixing your transactions with planning Good luck with that. Number one, it's going to be expensive. Number two, it might not work.
0: <laughs> yep. um, so
2: uh, comment, Dave?
0: No, just uh, the, a great observation there. I mean, yeah. Okay, amazing.
2: So I'll keep going. So here, now the other trend that you are going to see, and by the way, I mean, see this we saw in the case of a lot of newer OMS players as well. So the newer OMS players, they are probably doing the call center. Um, you know, they don't do point of sale, um, they are doing just the just the inventory layer, which is the OMS. Uh, they might do the distributed order management. Uh, they might do the workflow, but they still do the call center. So now, even with the call center, you need to decide whether they are going to be looking inside the, your OMS. Uh, and if OMS is not necessarily integrated with POS, it becomes very diff- uh, difficult because your inventory that you are going to have at your store is going to be very different from what your office is seeing. And that's where that POS integration, the real-time integration with your OMS layer is super, super, super critical for your Omni channel. Uh, If you simply get an OMS, which is great, uh, which could be the source of truth for inventory. But if you don't have POS integrated, uh, sometimes they might not even have e-commerce integrated. Uh, that could be a very difficult exchange and getting the inventory right with them could be very, very, very challenging. So here they have call center point of sale, customer engagement as its uh, core applications. Uh, Manhattan Omnichannel Solutions provide CRM capabilities. Now I don't know how many companies are really going to use CRM. And when they see CRM, I don't think they really mean the CRM, the way your Salesforce or HubSpot is going to look. Uh, This is, probably going to be crm for b2c uh, in the b2c space you don't necessarily have much of the crms uh, you know salesforce does not work for b2c space uh, i call hubspot is slightly more commoditized uh, you know companies when you don't have very thick customer hierarchy that's where the hubspot really shines but for b2c space you don't really have a crm so that's why these guys are probably going to act as sort of the crm Uh, and the contact center as well. Uh, But then if you have the B2B layer, if you are doing distribution along with retail, good luck with that because you are probably going to (laughs) require another CRM for that. This is probably not going to be good for that. Okay, so end-to-end process enablement for store associates and that's a very different and very thick workflow the way they like to do things. And obviously, for most retailers, that is probably going to be your bread and butter. Um, You know, e-commerce might be 10%, 20% of revenue. Uh, For the most part, you are getting a lot more revenue from your brick and mortar. So obviously, you need to make sure they are comfortable. Yeah, so we have some industries listed here. And again, apparel is a very different inventory in general. And obviously, these guys do really well in that. And that requires the matrix inventory. And these guys are going to have very complex layers of inventory that they can support. Um, Okay, so the other warehouse processes that you're going to see are going to be number one labor management from the warehouse perspective. It's a very different labor management. It's very different KPIs. Uh, Okay, so it's not the same labor management that you are going to do as part of your shop floor uh, or for the other office staff. So here, the kind of labor management component that you have, uh, it's going to be more from the safety perspective. Uh, It's going to have a lot of different layers from the warehouse perspective. So the labor management is super critical as well. Uh, For the most part, for the enterprise warehouse workload, companies like to manage their labor, especially warehouse labor, uh, inside that because they need to be scheduling, planning, picking, uh, you know, packing, shipping. And if they don't really understand the labor, it's very hard for them to do all of those things. So that's why the warehouse labor is going to be here. But when you are sending the cost, you can send to your ERP. So again, depending upon what exchange that you are trying to do and what architecture you are trying to build. But if you are going to be very, very, very heavy in warehouses where you are really uh, particular about your picking, packing, um, you know, shipping process, then you definitely need to have your labor component here. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard to see. The slotting optimization capabilities, and again, now we are getting into real deep warehousing capabilities and typically very savvy, sophisticated warehouses where you require very complex planning, especially if you are going to have any sort of ASRS or robots, you have to have, um, you know, these capabilities. Otherwise, robots are not going to work. You know, they require location, they require item location correlation, That has to be right uh, most of the time. If it is not right, then, you know, you'll be spending a lot more time fixing robots than actually getting (laughs) value from from robots. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Okay, so here, what else do we have? Okay, so one very interesting comment, which is TMS components include procurement and modeling tools to set up a successful network along with planning, execution, and settlement tools, to manage day-to-day transportation requirements. Now, I'll be slightly careful with the procurement term. Now, depending upon where procurement really lives, um, to be honest, for the most part, procurement is probably not be, going to be. There might be scenarios in which they might need to look into these systems just because they might be requiring, okay, when am I PO getting delivered?
0: And they need the date for that. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Dave. No, I I was just going to say that that would have been my uh, my takeaway on that, uh, that it was probably more just on the inbound, uh, just more on the inbound traffic flow than anything. Visibility into that in order to uh, maybe schedule appropriately. um, That would seem to make the most sense.
2: Yeah. Honestly speaking, I guess, you know, even outbound matters a lot for the retailers. Okay. Because, uh, if you look at the way the procurement organizations are structured with retailers, uh, the procurement is going to be with your merchandising planning. Okay. They all are part of one team. So when you design, you know, you sort of, uh, you know, plan and then you are going to order the sample that goes through your procurement process. Then you are going to get it. And then you need to make sure that the right store has the right design for the right season right so that's where procurement is really handy they are really involved to be honest so they do a lot there but i don't know how the handshaving to be if you are hosting your procurement processes inside your uh you know the system
0: yeah no that that makes sense i didn't think about it from that perspective i was more so thinking about the consolidated warehouse scenario yeah. where the inbound but what you said makes sense especially in a retail environment where you're having to try to connect all of all of those you know satellite locations if you will from from that perspective and then understanding what the impact is going to be, uh, on the procurement side. So again, just interesting functionality that you really only see in certain business models, but in, in, again, going back to what we talked about, you know, several times, uh, you know, understanding what business model you're in or trying yeah. to replicate and finding, you know, finding solutions that are already servicing those markets because you, you can readily see, you know, you can pick out a bunch of big name brands, uh, you know, that that a solution like this would be a perfect fit for if they're not already, you know, if they don't already have it implemented. So, um, yeah. Yeah.
2: Could not agree more. Great commentary, Dave. So let's keep going here. So here they are saying RTMS can also collect shippers with network uh, with a network of planners, uh, no partners right, uh, so. that can increase shipping capacity on as needed basis and these are the exceptions that you are getting from the entire supply chain and based on that you are planning your capacity again tms gets the Uh, In general, you know, and the whole TMS processes, that's really critical because there's a lot of money tied to that, to be honest. I mean, if you are going to be shipping big containers, then you need to plan them well. Otherwise, you are probably going to stop your production. Uh, You know, you might have trouble uh, with your stores as well. So Manhattan Carrier is a suite of solutions built specifically to help uh, motor carriers optimize load assignment. That's a big one. Okay. Load assignment is a big one. Uh, you need very, very, very thick processes and as well as uh, ability to plan depending upon, you know, how many different carriers that you are dealing with, um, you know, how they are packing, picking, Uh, you know, inside those load. And that's a very different uh, process. So that's where your TMS gets really, really drilled deep. And most of the TMS systems that are going to be with ERP, they are probably going to be really baby, um, you know, TMSs. So once you get to this point, then you are looking at very, very, very thick TMS and you need specialized TMS. And that's where Manhattan is really, really. uh, Minimize fuel cost, that's a big one. Um, You know, any operations guy is probably going to be really excited about that. Uh, they really want to know that, to be honest. okay. Uh, one caveat, though, if you are going to be in the transportation space, the driver input throws off pretty much everything. <laughs> okay. The reason why uh, transportation business is so complex is because when drivers are actually going to send their uh, timesheets, it's very hard to get the mileage, very hard to get their timesheets. Um, You know, you can give them uh, mobile phones, but they are never going to enter it accurately. And then um, you are going to get these reconciliations and uh,
0: variances always. So good luck with that business. (laughs) Sam, I'm curious, have you had any experience with the electronic logs that are? And and I don't know if that is now uh, like a full scale regulation on the electronic logs. Um, I'm, I'm just curious because I'm what I'm really curious about is, a solution like this, to me, would would have some sort of integration uh, available in that scenario to to be able to capture that. I was just curious if you had any insight around that.
2: Are you talking about more of the RFID chips on trucks, or uh, you know, some sort of GPS, uh, you yeah. know, emitter that is going to emit some some sort of signal, um, you know, when you start stop? Is that what you're referring to?
0: Yeah, I thought that there were, you know, the the um, logs that the drivers had to keep. I thought there was a a, a a regulation change that was pushing towards a conversion from manual written logs to electronic logs. I'm not sure what the functionality is there it, in terms of technology. I, I was just curious, just just. So
2: uh, yeah, so that's a great point, and I don't know what you know in which context we are talking about, right? So if it is going to be mainly from the reporting perspective then that's a different case, right? So if you are going to be 100 miles off, who cares? You know, because I don't know how much you are paying in taxes, right? So sometimes companies might not care for that. Now, if you are paying drivers based on their inputs, you could be in real trouble because that's very expensive. Labor is very expensive, right? Um, so some companies, I mean, we have seen companies trying the automated timesheet entry and automated reporting of when you start the truck. Um, right. But In real life, uh, it doesn't work as well, I guess. We have seen transportation companies maintaining 200 people. And the only thing they do is, you know, call driver, (laughs) find, you know, how much was the time? Okay, did you (laughs) write two or did you write three?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious. Yeah, we are not
2: there yet. That's my understanding. I don't know, maybe bigger companies are able to do that uh but the time reporting is still uh very challenging in the transportation uh and uh, i think these guys have mentioned that manage driver hours of service and accommodate demand fluctuations um now i don't know if these guys are able to do rfid to be honest um and if they are really able to locate and pinpoint uh where everybody is maybe they are able to do it maybe manhattan is able to do that but a smaller space um it's a big challenge
0: yeah yeah that, well that's kind of why i was curious because uh you know a solution of this size and complexity, you would think would, would have uh, some integration there. And I've not seen that anywhere else on anything uh, that we've looked at. So yeah,
2: I was just... Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how you sort of define, okay, when they really started from where and how much mileage, you know, it becomes tricky, I guess, uh, you know, to really find the real data that you need to run your payroll. So That's why they have that, to be honest. Um, I don't There are some challenges. There are real challenges. Yeah. Uh, so here... Uh, Yeah, exactly. So they are talking about the cascading effect as well. But I mean, obviously, these signals are going to be great to understand what is happening in supply chain. But I don't know if you can simply feed these signals and, you know, go to my bank account, withdraw any money as much as you like. And, you know, I'm probably going to be OK. It doesn't work that. (laughs) Um,
0: um,
2: OK, so here are some comments related to technology. So obviously, they are uh, built on Microsoft.net platform. Uh, which is great. Uh, A lot of ERP systems are built on that as well. So now we are seeing that trend in WMS2. Purpose built for uh, rapid development and value? Yeah, sure. Uh, Scale combines the features of trading partner management. Now, trading partner management could mean a lot of different things as well. Uh, But I believe here, trading partner management is going to be uh, your transportation partners. The partners that are going to have the LTL, FTL, uh, capabilities those are the uh, trading partners we are talking about these are not necessarily your commerce partners uh, even though they both are going to be referred as trading partners uh, yard management optimization warehouse management and transportation execution scale solutions leverage a common platform they share common data element now from this comment you should gather that you know these are independent software that they bought and they probably are going to have different databases uh, your oms pos Uh, CMS and WMS. So even though they are selling it as suite, it might not be as integrated. It's going to be similar experience as Microsoft. Microsoft has very similar architecture. So here we are talking about sharing the common data element. Uh, which is great integration architecture from the decoupling perspective but it might not be as real time and you might need to test a little bit to find out how the integration is going to work but obviously Manhattan is very well proven in the retail space so I don't see any shoes but you might want to pay a little attention to this comment. Um, uh, what else do we have here? Um, okay I don't see anything else uh, that I need to cover. So I'll move to the next one. Now, this is very interesting and everywhere, wherever you are going to see inventory or replenishment allocation. um, You know, that's where my red flags are uh, always with any any system, CRP, WMS. So here we are talking about replenishment module that can elevate uh, inventory needs across all locations and channels. Again, if you are maintaining all of those locations and channels inside your WMS CMS, then you are good. Uh, if you are not, you could be in trouble. If you are maintaining it multiple places, your replenishment may not work. Your inventory is probably going to be off. Um, so, again, this is very tricky in terms of how you are designing your architecture, as well as how you are designing your uh, reconciliation workflow. Uh, this module can even suggest a transferring inventory between locations. Yes, you can do that. Again, if you are hosting uh, and treating Uh, Manhattan as your source of truth for inventory. For retail organizations, this is completely okay because you don't have another source of truth for inventory. But if you are going to be retail plus manufacturing, good luck with that. Uh, You know, you could have real challenges. Protect merchandise at a store. And now they are talking about, this is the commitment allocation functionality that if the customer is going to reserve, customer is going to reserve at the store, then you need to make sure that the inventory is really reserved for that customer and somebody else is not going to steal it, right? So that's where the allocation functionality becomes very critical. And if you don't have all of these lags integrated, you might have real challenges. So that's where the POS integration is going to be super handy because, you know, POS is going to be your store facing. And if you cannot allocate that inventory inside the store, brick and mortar, which is probably 80 percent of your revenue, that experience might not be as great. Manhattan's planning solutions provide merchants the tools they need to create channel, store, region, specific assortments, which is very similar functionality as your uh, Blue Yonder. I don't know if these guys are going to be as rich, to be honest. Uh, I didn't see Planogram word use anywhere. Uh, I don't know if that is trademarked by Blue Yonder. But typically, if I'm looking at retail business, I would like to see that. So these guys like to use the 3D warehouse, location-based planning inside the warehouse, which is very WMS-centric functionality. But I'm looking for Planogram. I could not find those. Uh, so I don't know if this is going to be right fit for the, the retail SNOP planning. <laughs> Uh, offer channel specific metrics and methodologies that optimize the planning uh, process and maximize retailer revenues Uh, allocation manhattan's allocation is designed to serve the soft lines okay they are very clear so in the snop world in the supply chain world There is a clear distinction between soft lines versus hard lines. That's how they look at it because the planning is very different. My ERP guys may not like these terms, but in the SNOP, in the retail world, you are going to see these plannings just because the planning cycle, the SNOP, the supply chain is very, very, very different. That's why Manhattan is very clear. They are looking at soft lines. They are not going after hard goods, which is going to be your industrial distribution, slightly more automotive. Uh, and you don't have, auto, I didn't see automotive anywhere here. Uh, Blue Yonder, I guess, you know, they do well in both the spaces. You know, that's where the hard lines versus soft lines. Uh, which are it provides inventory planning capabilities from first receipt in the distribi- distribution center through to the end of season for a given assortment. And that's going to be your merchandising planning, the way retailers are going to plan. So obviously they have mentioned that built on Manhattan active architecture, Manhattan Active Allocation is cloud native, um, you know, all technology details, which is great, but allocation itself, I mean, this allocation layer that you are going to have for all of your retail channels, that's a big deal, okay? That unified experience is a big deal. um. So if these guys are able to do that, obviously that's amazing. Uh, now, uh, you know, this is my interesting spot because this is where they have highlighted their competitors and when you are a public company, you have to do it, you don't have a choice. <laughs> So this is what I like. So they are claiming that, you know what, existing ERP vendors may have similar capabilities as us, and they won't let these guys in in their deal. So obviously, that's going to be a threat for these guys. So that's why they have to highlight this. So, for example, Oracle, SAP, Infor, they all have very similar capabilities as what Manhattan is trying to provide. And that is going to be integrated with your ERP when you are going to have these complex business model where you have the manufacturing as well as retail that's where those solutions can shine because they are going to have far more capabilities integrated as part of one suite than Manhattan. Manhattan is going to be really good, just a retail distribution sort of business model. It might not be as great when you have manufacturing as well with that. Now, they are also competing with supply chain execution and planning vendors, including Blue Yonder, which is Panasonic. Obviously, JDA was the old name. Uh, you know, um, then we have High Jump, which is core now. And then um, interestingly enough, they have highlighted SAS, which is SAS. Um, I don't know why they have their, I don't know if they have SNOP component. Uh, It was supposed to be more of the BI tool. That was my understanding but maybe they got into snops as well and then obviously sterling commerce is a big one from ibm that's more of a pos so when we were looking at uh you know best of breed architecture uh dave most companies would either use ibm pos or they are going to use manhattan and depending upon which one they like ibm is not going to have wms so they have to use manhattan you know so that's how sort of but i mean again if you're going to have multiple vendors and the solutions involved uh it could be a difficult architect. Then they have the point of sale vendors. Uh, they have listed Oracle. I don't know if Oracle really has POS to be. Able. They have RMS, which is very similar to your OMS. Uh, it's not necessarily designed for POS. You might still require POS, but they might provide all the hooks that you need, but you still have to design architect as well as make sure that POS is going to be seamless to get that unified omni-channel. Experience. Comments?
0: Now, let's keep rolling.
2: Okay, perfect. Okay, obviously from the look and feel, if you look at it, uh, you know, this is great. It might not look any different from Let's say if you look look at Shopify PaaS, you know, but obviously the the backend capabilities and the integrations that you have, uh, you know, they are really designed for that uh, enterprise workload. And sometimes it would be very confusing how Manhattan really differs from the other vendors we have in the market. Now, this is a great slide that I really like. Uh, to be honest, they have really segmented these capabilities in different areas. And this is the Omnichannel Customer Experience. Um, So we are talking about customer engagement and that customer engagement is going to be super critical as well, because when you are dealing in the B2C space, customers are going to come back to you. They are going to have return. And if your return do not go through the same inventory layer, then your inventory is still going to be. okay. so that's very interesting as well. That's why the the customer and customer service and the return uh, RMA, all of those have to go through the same inventory layer that is keeping your allocations commitments the source of truth for the inventory and that's why you know all of these layers need to be integrated especially for the retail business
0: that's that's where uh where we often see uh <laughs> problems arise i'll say exactly. as it relates to inventory you yeah. know there's there's what happens in the system through transactions and having all of those pieces integrated obviously have an impact there. And then there is uh, oftentimes what physically happens. Uh, So ensuring processes, you know, uh, shore up that gap uh, is imperative uh, in a, in a business that's going to be as complex as something like this. So exactly.
2: And with retail business, uh, Dave, the inventory allocation is going to
0: be based on season,
2: color, size, Uh, You know, if you have your wife and she's walking down to the store, she wants that green dress right now. okay? And if somebody else gets it, then she's going to be so mad.
0: Uh, (laughs) I'm hoping she waits till the end of the season. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because You are probably going to be paying 50 percent extra.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah, so retail business in general is very complex because obviously it's very consumer driven. Right. So that's why all of these processes reside in one layer. So here we have the customer service return. So anything that touches your inventory needs to be part of that layer uh, in retail. Uh, Distributed order management, that's why a lot of ERP folks might argue that, you know what, distributed order management must reside inside your ERP. Now, depending upon, you know, ERP does not never hack people. Uh, That's the biggest challenge. ERP systems are not really designed for the consumer-like customer, okay? Consumer-like customers, meaning, you know, most of the customer master or the ERP systems that you're going to see, they are probably going to have, you know, the credit process uh, as part of the customer creation. And they are really designed for be sure. There are some ERP systems that can, they will argue that, you know what, I can support your individual, uh, you know, but uh, integrating POS is very, very, um, so that's where these systems really shine in the retail, because the kind of workload that you're going to have, you know, ERP systems are not necessarily designed for that. So that's where, Mm -hmm. These systems come in in the detail world.
0: Yeah, you, br- you bring up an interesting point, though. I mean, I know it's a problem that you that that we've talked about and that you've seen before from a, a B2B business perspective, too, though. Uh, when you start to lean heavy into e-com, you've, you're, you're most likely dealing with consumers who are used to having a B2C experience like this. And so from a system architecture perspective and a process standpoint, you really have some complexities to navigate to... Uh, To be able to answer that question and the larger the business you have (laughs) in the B2B space, the more challenge you have because you've got, you know, uh, you you have more architecture to deal with in and more transactions. You have more of everything. Uh, So um, that is good. Good point to make. Um, The other the other thing I would bring up on this slide in particular is it kind of makes sense now uh, in terms of what they were saying relates to their CRM component of it. Um, this, I think, is a much clearer kind of definition of what that really means yeah. in this context for them. And and I think it's smart the way that they um, they have that customer engagement piece laid out. So, I mean, same on the, the uh, uh, customer service and returns area as well. But yeah, could not agree more. I think great clarifications there. Thank you so much, Dave, for that.
2: Um, so let's keep rolling here. So we have some reviews. Let's see how many we can cover. We have six minutes right now so here the user is uh, coming from logistics and supply chain uh, 3pl is a great market for them this is coming from 2019 so it's not very old uh, this is an enterprise customer uh, you know 1000 plus employees uh, which is probably the right target for them um, now manhattan builds the bridge between carrier and customer that's how they would like to use and by the way i think the way customers are using manhattan system uh, they are going to pick and choose. It's not that they are going to use everything from Manhattan. Sometimes they might be using just WMS, WMS plus TMS. Sometimes they might use POS, but for the most part, they are probably going to be using just one or two uh, from Manhattan. So in this particular case, I guess they are probably using TMS. So here they are saying, I have used Manhattan for a handful of customers. Uh, and we have a hold, um, what is this, uh, Dell House, uh, and then Blue Buffalo um T Marzetti and DNC these are different customers i i'm not familiar with them i don't know dave if you are familiar not um, the th-
0: first one the second one is a uh, pet food uh manufacturer the third one is uh cpg uh, really the last two are yeah C-
2: yeah dnc is definitely cpg yeah. Uh, So they are by far one of the easiest integrated TMS systems. So as I mentioned, these guys are probably using it for TMS. Uh, We have recently moved to EDI and the flow of information has been seamless and happens in real time. Once something is updated in one system, it updates both ends cutting down on redundant communication. Uh, Some more commentary here. It would be nice if there's a way to see any changes that happen by either carrier Or customer and be able to add accessories
0: or accessorials, that's a tough one, one,
2: right? (laughs) (laughs) Even for me. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Uh, Into rates to cross-reference on the backend. This is very interesting. And I think this is going to be um, to manage any of the surcharges that carriers are going to port. Uh, managing that is a pain. Yeah, yeah. This by far is one of the most user-friendly TMS. So obviously they like TMS. Now, this is also transportation, trucking, railroad. So this is also from that 51,000 employees. Um, You can post loads available and also pick loads up. You don't have to come back empty. And that's a big deal, guys. Okay. So in transportation business, coming back empty is a huge cost. Okay. Rental empty vehicles that you have, uh, if they are sitting on, in your yard, that's probably a lot of money, you know, for transportation. So these are the hot spots for transportation companies, and that's why they like it because they can track all of this. We can plan; they can plan all of that. Um, okay, I don't have anything else here. So this is the warehousing, 51 to a thousand employees, 2021. Uh, I dislike how small everything seems. Okay, some complain uh, not as meaningful. We use it to set up appointments, build trucks, maintain a graphical yard, and that's a big deal. Trailer activity on and off your yard. In general, yard management is big. And uh, if you have to plan, you have to really know what is happening inside the yard. Uh, so they have all of that. And that's typically part of your deep warehouse capabilities. And they have all of that. Uh, two minutes right now, uh, verified user in automotive. So we'll do this one and then, Dave, I don't know how much time do you need for comments? Um, That's okay. all. Okay, so let's do this and then we'll open up, okay? So 2019 warehouse Manhattan. Uh, I use, I. I use, I use uh, is the labor management service within Manhattan WM. This has helped increase productivity throughout my shift. Um, we are using just the uh, labor management component. And that's big one uh, always uh, with the WMS systems. So I don't know. I think that's pretty good. We have two minutes saved. So yeah, um, whatever comments that you have based on your assessment, uh, what do you like?
0: What do you not like? Well, there's definitely a lot of uh, feature set and functionality with it. I mean, um, you know, again I think for anybody that is in the market for really any system but but is specifically considering this system uh, it goes without saying in terms of you know ensuring what what your business model is today or what what you're aiming for it to be in the future uh, when you're aligning with some of these things because as with with every system I think that that we have reviewed you um, you know, where it is super powerful, uh, in certain aspects, it may be lacking in others. So having a good understanding and, 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 uh, again, you know, I give, I'll give a plug for us independent folks, you know, but but really having some perspective uh, in terms of what is your architecture like today, what is your business model, how do your processes align with what you're trying to do, and then start to look at the feature set and the functionality of of any of the technology that's out there, because if you can't answer those few questions on the front end. You're really doing your dis- yourself a disservice by, by you know, looking at something as complex as this. Uh, you know, I go back to what you first started out with in terms of just the definition of internal versus external supply chain yeah. and breaking all of that down, you know. We don't know what we don't know, so it's good to get some outside counsel and perspective on these things that help you clarify what you're really trying to do, and and you know you will be uh, far happier uh, in the long run. So it might take a little bit longer to get there, uh, but it is well worth the investment to to go down that.
2: Yeah, mean that's a 360-degree close, my man. Hey, I mean, sorry. Good job, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you know, you give me a couple of weeks off, Sam, and, you know. No and you you are a refreshed. you're a superstar, rock star. I'm, I'm rockstar. ready to go, man.
2: <laughs> you're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I love it man, I love it. I don't know if you are going to have any other short comments before we close.
0: No, no, no I'm good from <laughs> my perspective. What what uh, do you have any closing comments?
2: Uh no, I think it's pretty good. Uh you know, I'm going to go back to your comment related to when you look at any of the terms, any systems, make sure you understand the context as well as meaning. For that just because somebody's saying WMS, it might mean different things. Pay attention to what is the architecture, what is design, uh, and which industry, which micro vertical, what transactions you are really buying it.
0: Any other yeah. follow-ups, uh, Dave there or no, close? just couldn't close? agree more. I mean that's that that to me is really the point to hammer home. And I think I think for me, out of all of the ones we've we've been through, this one really highlighted that for me in terms of, you know, the kind of granularity At which you have to understand the the terminology being utilized Uh, because it, it, you know, especially in something like this, that that level of complexity can very, very easily be talked about at different levels, a much higher level than you really need to. So uh, I think that's, you know, (laughs) that's the best way to end it is on that point.
2: Yeah, could not agree more on that note. Thank you so much, everybody, for uh, tuning in. Uh, If you joined for the first time, this was part of our uh, industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys are going to be here next week. We are going to come back with another um, uh, topic or uh, the solution. On that note, uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Sam. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests, and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Dave Chrysler, head over to the thechrysler.club, C-H-E-C-R-Y-S-L-E-R dot C-L-U-B. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to get you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank
1: you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode.